hats off to the Raiders. They've done an unbelievable job the past two games of, you know, presenting a challenge on third downs and in the red zone. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Uh, we got to keep fighting as a... Uh, Love it, baby. Gotta love it, man. That guy's crazy. Man, oh man. I don't even know where we're at, man. That was a fun game. That was a fun game. <laughs> Travis Kelsey with Michelle Tafoya last night after the Chiefs beat the Broncos, not the Raiders, but but that's okay. Broncos Raiders division rivalry. And there were some similarities there. Some similarities there when you're talking about a team in the division who comes in and catches the champs flat-footed, but the champs have a way of, of getting it done, even when they are caught flat-footed. Chris, it's PFT Live, hour number two on Peacock and NBCSN. If you're watching the rear, good morning. How are you? Have a seat. we got some great stuff to talk about coming out of week 13, and it's superlatives time. Chris gave us a preview just in the last segment with the Dumb and Dumber Award for the New York Jets defense and Greg Williams at the end of the game against the Raiders. Uh, since you're on a roll, I'll let you. I'll let you go again. What oh, do you got? You'll let me go again. Okay. Well, uh, this that means one, I don't have any. Oh, okay. Don't I worry. Do. I got plenty. Right. I got plenty. Well, this one I'm going. You know, they have this thing called special teams, right? Special teams supposed to be a special unit. You know, got to help out the football team. There's this team in the AFC that I don't know. What's the opposite of special? Ordinary. What's 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 worse than ordinary? I don't know. How about just horrible teams? How about the Chargers and that crap show yesterday? That's where I want to go with their ordinary teams. Because once again, their special teams were specially stupid as usual. Maybe that's the term I should use. But I've never seen anything like it. I mean, hey, credit to the Patriots. They always play three phases. They ran the ball. They did what they do. Play defense. But man, I mean, blocked field goal return for a touchdown, punt return for a touchdown. And then some of the plays of the Los Angeles Chargers is just nothing else you can really say. I mean, the Chargers at one point, let me just hear this. They got, they the, the, the Patriots lined up to punt five times in this game. Okay. The Chargers had the wrong number of players on the field for three of those five punts to go along with the other plays I just talked about. They had 12 and then 10 and then 10. I mean, they messed up everything. So, I mean, I just had to talk about that. We haven't hit on the Patriots. That was an impressive win, them going to the West Coast and absolutely shellacking the Los Angeles Chargers and stopping one of the top offenses in football. That was impressive. Just an amazing outcome. And you had selected the under in that game as one of your best bets for the week at 47.5. <laughs> And if I'd have told you the Patriots was going to score 45, what? you'd have scratched that one off the list. What? But no, you still got the under because the Chargers had zero and the Patriots stick around in that same venue, in that same stadium, in that same location and face the Rams on Thursday night, a rematch of Super Bowl 53. But it really was incredible. And it just kept rolling. And it wasn't that the, the Patriots offense all of a sudden is 2007 all over again. But that's that's the kind of 2007 Patriots final score that we were used to. That's what we're expecting from the Steelers. That's why there still isn't this anticipation that the Steelers can run the table. Because the last time a team did run the table, they were beating the crap out of people more often than not. 
and it's been a long time since the Patriots had a win like that. And I, I feel like if you're a Patriots fan, Chris, you want to bottle some of those points and save them for the future because it is not going to be that easy for them the rest of the way. No, it definitely not. It was one of those games that just fell the right way. They were playing well on offense. Defense was doing well. And then, of course, special teams and a few things go their way too. But, you know, it just still – the fact that the Patriots are sitting there at six and six is unbelievable. I, I don't know any other way to say it. And they've lost some heartbreakers, lost to the Broncos after the COVID thing and all that, where, you know, they had every chance to win those games. We've talked about the Chiefs, the Bills game, you know, the fumble on the last drive. I mean, they don't lose that game. They're seven and five. They had a chance to win that. I mean, it's really remarkable. Bill Belichick probably deserves a little bit more credit in the coach of the year conversation for what this is. I mean, it, it really is that they're still in this and still have a legit chance, I think says something and uh, just special by, by their whole organization. When Kornacki was breaking down the numbers last night, he has the Patriots as a 21% chance to make the playoffs, which is kind of surprising to me. But look, they don't have an easy schedule, and they have work to do. They're two games out of the seventh seed, and that's before we even get to the application of tiebreakers. But I figure for 21% chances in play, that would be like a plus 500 betting odd. I'd bet that. I'd bet that plus 500 right now. I'd take that action. Because I think they're getting in. I heard you. I heard you in the Terminator voice last night, you stealing heard me? my bit. I heard you, <laughs> bastard. Yes. Can I say that? Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, too late. I already did. But uh, yeah, um, uh, I, I think the Patriots can. Ma I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but I think I can say that. I think we said it before. I mean, come on, it's um, 2020. Sorry, London. Definitely say that. All right, uh, but let's not stretch that rubber band any farther, although I'm tempted to just to see how far we can go. It's like taking your car on empty as far as you can, but the Patriots in that same vein taking it on empty as far as they can. They're going a little uh, Thelma and Louise there when it was Kramer and the guy from the dealership taking the car on empty as far as they could, and uh, yeah, well, I, I like it. It's great because, and it's just like with the Browns, I welcome the Browns to the party because now I think they can be a factor. I welcome the Patriots to the party because I think they can be a factor. Yeah. I don't want and, – and look, I, 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 I know that we've, we've counseled against rooting for upsets because chaos leads to bad matchups later. Right. But I prefer to have every team at the table who deserves to be there. Yeah. I want there to be good playoff games. I want them to be exciting games, and I don't want 45 to nothing in the wild card round, and I think the Patriots would hold their own against whoever they would play. And right now it would be – if they get in as the seventh seed, it's the Steelers or the Chiefs. Yeah. I'd sign up for that in the wild card round. I would, too. I don't know if the Chiefs would. I don't know if they'd like that. I mean, they, they barely beat the Patriots in the skin of their teeth, you know, and, and Cam Newton wasn't playing. And remember, that was the game with the bad call with Patrick Mahomes fumbled. They called him in the grasp and everything. Uh, that, would, that would make the Chiefs sweat in the first round. I think you're right. I mean, they're one of those teams. I don't care who it is. Even if the Chiefs were the one seed and Pittsburgh was the two seed. Pittsburgh's not going to like seeing New England coming to town in the first game, first first round either. So uh, you're right, but they got Rams, Dolphins, Bills, then Jets. So they got a lot of meat left on the bone there in New England before they can uh, talk about playoffs yet. All right, first one for me, and I'm going to stay in the AFC East. And this is the every free agent is going to want to sign with the Dolphins award. Because when your coach has your back, oh. the way that Brian Flores had Jakeem Grant's back yesterday after he got blown up twice by Mike Thomas on punt returns. And that's just inexcusable. That's just reckless. That is the equivalent of the guy who works in a factory just kind of spraying the welding gun all over the place. I mean, there are certain unsafe acts 
that you do not engage in as a professional athlete or in any industry. And the idea that not once but twice you wipe out the punt returner before the ball has gotten there, that's something you practice. That's something that you know the timing. You know when you can hit the guy. You know when you can't hit the guy. And to do it the second time tells me something more was going on there. And to see Brian Flores having to be restrained, and it wasn't the phony Jim Schwartz, oh, Jim no. Harbaugh, hold me back crap that no. Schwartz did. It was real. He wants they to had fight. to hold Flores back. Yeah. He was going to fight a player. Definitely. He was going to fight Mike Thomas. And and again, I don't condone violence except when it's against you, Chris. But but I loved every moment of it, and that's the kind of thing that builds a bond between player and coach. Yeah, I agreed, Mike. I, I think that's it's why they play so tough already. That's why they've already made this huge, gigantic turn in a year because their coach has a way – of not only being tough on them, but showing he cares, too. Flores, I, I mean this sincerely. He is as tough as a human being as I've ever been around. Football player in the NFL, no no matter what, I, you couldn't pay me money to, to fight Brian Flores. He would fight anybody. He does not care. He was great friends with the toughest guy I ever knew before that, which was an old high school buddy for my who played football with them at Boston College they got heads made of concrete and they're tough as hell and that is that was an unbelievable moment but I don't understand that either you know the Dolphins the good the, the good game I don't want to take anything away from that conversation winning the football game but how does the league has to do something to remedy that a little bit there the, you know Tarico brought this up last night and I think it's a, a very, very valid point Okay, you did it the first time. Mistake, blah, blah, blah. The thing I don't like about it is on the, after the first time, he went to the sideline and a lot of guys were like, hey, good job, good job, like, like to make me think that maybe there was something more to it than I knew about. And then the second time, you don't see the guy's hand up go for a fair catch. You know, I, I don't know, just, just to waylay him and then he doesn't get kicked out of the game because he causes a huge ruckus in a fight, but nothing happens to him, that doesn't seem right. I don't, I don't know. Uh, they got to do something about that. I'm not making a defense for the NFL here, but it could be they just had so much to sort out in yeah, that moment. That's they right. overlooked the fact that the guy who started all this stuff with two grossly illegal maneuvers in the same game should have been ejected. I'm going to ask the league what the thought process was there and and I'll have a ton of respect for them if they just say there were so many decisions to make we uh we kind of we kind of forgot to tell Mike Thomas to hit the showers. But that that was a memorable moment, not in a good way, just like the Raiders Jets moment was memorable, not in a good way. But you know, this time of the season where we've seen so many different games and so many different outcomes Things like that tend to stand out, and it definitely stood out. And it would stand out for me if I was thinking about where I'm going to continue my career. Uniforms go in the con category of joining the Dolphins. Brian Flores, strong in the pro category. Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I hear you. I, I like their unis. I can deal with them. I think they're, 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 they're cool enough for me. They're not my favorite, but I like them. And players want to go to South Florida anyways. With Florida's tax and everything like that, I would think that's going to be a pretty hot destination. And, man, the Dolphins, as good as they are, they got two ones and two twos this year in the draft. Oh, gosh. Yes, you're right. Team players are going to want to go play there. All right, my next superlative. Oh, thy great one striketh again. He I'm breaks another record. He shows he is the greatest. Oh, yes, the quickest of 400 in the history of football. Oh, yes, it's the greatest quarterback to ever live. His name is Aaron Rodgers. 
Yes, he turned how old this week? 36, 37? I don't know. I'm still mesmerized by his spirals and his lasers he throws all over the field. He's the MVP of football right now. I know that. That's one thing after this weekend because we talk about this every week. Mahomes was really good last night. I get that. But Rodgers, for what he has around him and the way he's playing and the efficiency in which their offense plays, man, that's my pick right now, and I know I'm biased, so people can argue with me with that. But either way, getting the lead early on was all Aaron Rodgers, the pass game. We got the whole Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz thing to talk about with this football game. That was an interesting thing. Wentz finally gets benched, but uh, just Green Bay. I think Green Bay the last few weeks, Mike, I don't know. You just look at the state of the NFC, and we go, hey, the Saints are number one, but, man, Green Bay is – becoming a more well-rounded team, and I, I don't know. Are they clearly the second-best team in the NFC right now? I, th- I think they might be. Well, look, they beat the Saints, yeah. and I know that was a long time ago, but they're capable of beating the That's Saints. That's right. And we, know, and we know how the movie ends for the Saints. It's begun the same way for the last four years. It's continued the same way for the last four years. So we're going to assume it's going to end the same way, which is the heart ripped out and shown to them, just like in Indiana Jones in the temple of doom. That's what's coming for the saints. Again, it's temple of doom. Part four heart gets ripped out by the Packers this time, maybe. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I am impressed with what the Packers are doing, even though Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of help around him. I love it. There's, there's the boy. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers with that actual hairdo. Uh That would be beyond awesome we're gonna draw a happy bro, little touchdowns bro and uh yeah 400 of them congratulations to aaron Rodgers. just uh in the same week he turned 37 and i it's a shame he was wasted for three seasons on the bench and and right? didn't have a chance to get started even earlier on this one of the best of all time careers of his because he's never going to, yeah. unless he plays deep into his 40s, assault the record book the way that maybe he would have if he would have had those three extra seasons. Yeah, you're right. It's unfortunate. You know, it's just the luck of the draw sometimes. Yeah, he got, you know, fell in the draft a little bit and got drafted by a team that had one of the best quarterbacks in football still, but knew he was coming to the end of his career. I, I heard a stat last week, and to me, this is what's amazing. Since the year he was drafted, 2005, Nobody's thrown more touchdown passes than Aaron Rodgers, except for Drew Brees. And Drew Brees played those three years we're not talking about. I, I, that kind of says it all to me. I mean, it just he was the quickest of 40,000 in the history of the sport. He was the quickest of 300 touchdowns. He's the quickest of 400 touchdowns. You're right. He probably is going to have to play really deep into his 40s to ever get to Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady touchdown level. But he was also the first quarterback ever yesterday to have, what, five seasons of 35-plus touchdown passes? I thought I, that was kind of shocking to me, too, that nobody's had five seasons of 35-plus. Another thing he's broke, uh, another record he's broke, 36 touchdowns, four interceptions, 118 quarterback rating, the number one rating in the sport right now. And I think he is in the, in the leader house or in the, in the clubhouse as the uh, leader for the MVP right now. Leader house? Leader house. Oh, leader house. <laughs> we've got we've – got- you know, le- le- it, the leader host in leader house. It's concise. It gets it there. He's a leader in the clubhouse. Let's just call it the leader house. The hell with all those other words. <laughs> we, we use that term all the time, the leader in the clubhouse. You're not in the clubhouse until your round is over, though. He's still got games to play. I don't know why we use that term, but we do You're all right. the time. Yeah. He's going to catch Patrick Mahomes, though. The odds every week as they change are fascinating to me because last week it was Mahomes clearly the favorite. 
and then Aaron Rodgers and then Russell Wilson this week, I think it's going to be tighter between Mahomes right. and Aaron Rodgers. All right, I've been waiting for a long time to use this one. This is the Hertz Donut Award. Are you familiar with the Hertz Donut? Hertz Donut? I mean, like Hertz rent Hertz Donut? No. The, the, Hertz, the Hertz Donut. Do you want a Hertz Donut, Chris? No. If I was sitting next to you right now, I would say, do you want a Hertz Donut? I would say, okay, I don't know what that is. That's what I would tell you. I would punch you, and I would say Hertz Donut. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. I got, got it. it. So, I'm with uh, you. So anyway. I'd punch you uh, back, that's though. The, <laughs> that, well, I know. So I would get one. I, the, the way that I kind of live my life is get the first punch in and then run like hell. <laughs> um, J- Jalen Hurts finally in the game, not just for a cameo appearance, but Carson Wentz, Hurts Donut, benched for the guy who uh, was taken in round two. And, and it was intriguing because – Yesterday on the Fox pregame show, Jay Glazer reported that based on conversations with multiple people in the organization, they believe that Carson Wentz confidence was shot when they drafted Jalen Hurts, as opposed to what happened with Aaron Rodgers when the Packers drafted Jordan Love. He got pissed off. Sorry, London. uh, Carson Wentz has has uh, crumbled under the weight of Jalen Hurts being there. And now and now it's finally happened. Your, your fears have come to fruition. You've wished it into existence. You're benched for Jalen Hurts. Not that Hurts is the answer, but it's clear that Wentz isn't. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, there's a lot. We've talked about it. Wentz has definitely spiraled downhill out of control. I don't think it's all his fault, as we've talked about a lot last week. There's a lot of things on that team, the offense, you know, front office players that have got there, the coaching. I mean, it can go all around, certainly. But it, right now, I do think Carton Wentz is like a beaten puppy, for lack of a better phrase. He just, he's a deer in the headlights. It's just constant scrutiny. Everybody blames him, whether it was his fault or not. I think he's pressing too hard, and he's not seeing the field clearly. He's not playing the game the right way because he's trying to do too much. And I think Doug Peterson just saw he didn't have his mojo. He took some stupid sacks once again. And they just needed a spark or something just to change the aura of their football team. And Jalen Hurts brought a little, you know, a little something that way. We didn't see enough to know what he's really going to be. We'll see as we go forward because I would imagine now that he's going to play more this week, if not start. Who knows where this goes? I mean, what do you think, Mike? Do they start him this week? Or does he just get more of a chunk of playing time if Carson Wentz stumbles again? Well, they got the Saints coming to town. It could be Taysom Hill versus uh, Jalen Hurts this weekend. But but it's going to be a decision that may not be the coach's decision to make. I feel like what happened yesterday ultimately was the result of pressure from somewhere above in the organization. Let's hear from Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz after the loss to the Packers on the benching of the former franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz. You know, at the time, um, I just felt like – where we were as an offense, we needed a spark. You know, we needed we needed uh, um, something to kind of kind of go our way, and and um, so I decided to uh, you know put Jalen in the game. I'm not the type to to worry about and look over my shoulder or any of those things. You know, I, I think um, at the end of the day, I can play better. We can as a team and as an offense, especially play better. Um, and you know, there's always going to be different things going on um, in the building or different you know chatter and all of that stuff. That's part of part of this business and you know that's what you know I think I've said it a couple times that's what I signed up for um the scrutiny you know the challenges the adversity all of it um I got to handle it all um the good bad and the ugly who's going to start a quarterback for you against the Saints you know um you know you guys are listening you got to get let me get through this game you know um you just heard me say we needed a we needed a spark in this game to 
to try to get some things going. You know, there's uh, I've got to get through injuries. I got to get through the tape. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that I'm going to I'm going to consider um, and and evaluate before, um, you know, before anything's uh, decided. And look, they're going to play it close to the vest. That's one of the things that you do, whether it's injury or ineffectiveness. When this quarterback dilemma lands on your desk, you don't resolve it quickly because you want to keep the opponent guessing as long as you possibly can. And, and frankly, there may be a little bit of guessing both ways this week because whether it's Hurts or Wentz against the Saints, whether it's Taysom Hill or Drew Brees against the Eagles, we may see that dance for both teams. Uh, Brees eligible to come off of the injury or injured reserve list, excuse me, on Friday. I don't think that leaves him enough time to get ready, but I wouldn't put it past Sean Payton to be as coy about it as he possibly can. But Peterson, more reason to be coy. Depressing reason to be coy, though, yeah. Chris. It wasn't supposed to go this way. The worst thing that could have happened to Carson Wentz was last year. I think you're right. When they won the last four games mm-hmm. and he had no help around him, he created a standard that that causes us to say now, what the hell's wrong? Right. Oh, you got a guy injured? So what? It didn't keep you from playing well last year. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I think it just snowballed on it. I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, you know, I think it snowballed even on the organization a little bit. I think they thought, oh, wait, you know, with the way he's playing, we don't need to really – you know, put too much more talent around them. Let's draft some young receivers. We still got Alshon, Deshaun Jackson. You know, I think they kind of misevaluated their football team along those lines too. So it was a double whammy, you know, and, and, and got, even sitting there saying that, there they were, 23-16, to 16, and you're going, oh, my gosh, is Jalen Hurst going to get the ball with a chance to go down and score a touchdown and tie it or whatever? But Aaron Jones with the big run, that was an impressive run. That really was. Good to see him back healthy. Because if they get him rolling again like he did last year and then the way the offense is throwing the ball and Rodgers is playing, that could be enough to get them enough to beat New Orleans on the road or whatever or get back to the Super Bowl. No great defenses in the NFC right now other than the Saints and the 49ers. And that, to me, bodes really well for Rodgers and Green Bay when it comes playoff time. So we'll see where this goes. All right, we got to take a break, but there's one more quick one I wanted to mention because I actually did a little research last night and it blew my mind. Wow. I was going to call, I was going, I know I was going to, I'll go ahead and hand it out the Colt 45 award because Colt McCoy's performance was enough to make Seahawks fans go get drunk yesterday. I did not know that Colt 45, malt liquor, was named for a member of the Baltimore Colts, but Jerry Hill, running back for the Colts in the 60s, wore number 45. The brewing company was located in Baltimore. Colt 45 was named in his honor. Wow. Did not know that. I did not know now that either. Do. I hope the guy got a cut of the gets a cut of like the, <laughs> the, the pay every now and then. But they didn't use his name. I It'd guess be like not. calling it I'd be like calling it Buccaneers 2. Buccaneers 2. any of that. No one's going to drink that crap. The hell with that. Colt 45 <laughs> sounds a lot better. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we return, has Taysom Hill arrived? As a week in, week out, starting NFL quarterback and only quarterback. He gave me his answer to that question. We'll break that down when PFC Live continues right after this. Congratulations, New Orleans Saints. They have become the first team in the NFC to clinch a playoff berth, whether that's the division title or 
Uh, a wild card remains to be seen, although they have a three-game lead plus the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers. They are one game away from clinching the division, and they've won three in a row with Taysom Hill at quarterback. 8-0 now dating back to last year with backup quarterbacks in the game. Not a bad run for Sean Payton and his backup quarterbacks. This one's different, though. Now, look, we saw Teddy Bridgewater end up getting a nice contract with the Carolina Panthers, $22 million a year, and he's done well this year. Taysom Hill, though, a guy that Sean Payton has compared to Steve Young, a guy who is just a blur when he runs the football, and you don't want to get in his way if you happen to have an opportunity to get uh, in his way. Uh, he's developing as a passer, Chris. And yesterday in the win over the Falcons, second win in 15 days by Taysom Hill and the Saints over the Falcons, he, he had uh, an impressive performance throwing the ball. And I talked to him after the game. I said, what's, what's the reason for the improvement in the passing performance? And he said that he, it's, it's the timing. And the timing with the receivers has improved because of not just the reps in practice, but working on it after practice, doing all of the 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 reps yeah. in your mind the the visualization he he told me that he spends every night thinking about his footwork thinking about his mechanics thinking about what they're going to do against this defense that defense runs through every play of the game plan constantly visualizing how it's going to go on Sunday you put that kind of starting quarterback commitment into a body that has the skills to get it done especially now from a passing standpoint we're seeing it and, and, and I said to him, are you, have you proven that you are a week-in, week-out starting quarterback in the NFL? And he said, yeah, and he's talked to Sean Payton about it, and I think that they understand. He's either going to be the guy after Breeze or he's going to be the guy somewhere else. Yeah, that's right. But, but, but he's, he's done enough. And I know there is still – there's just this strange anti-Taysom Hill cult out there that just wants him to fail to prove that they were right when they had their knee-jerk reaction that he oh, was a fluke yeah. and he was like a Tim Tebow. Isn't that stupid that yeah. people are that way? Yeah. Like, uh, not it's that like I'm, with Josh I Allen. I hear you. That's why you hear me get mad all the time. They're, yeah. they're still living off their college review on him. Okay, let's move past it now. He's proved that wrong. I know you were wrong for the first time in your life. So what? It's football. You're going to be wrong a lot. I know. It, people won't get over it. I don't know what it is either, Mike. We have to speak our hot take into existence. So anything that happens that advances our narrative becomes the headline. And anything that cuts against it gets ignored. I feel like too many people are doing that with Taysom Hill. And fine, he'll just keep playing yeah. and he'll just keep winning. And I don't know whether we'll see him this weekend. I think we will see him against the Eagles. I think the earliest we're going to see Breeze is next weekend against the Chiefs, which uh, circle that one. That should be a pretty impactful game. Wow. But Taysom Hill getting it done. And uh, the other thing he told me, too, and I, and I love this, because every year Sean Payton's got another gimmick, another prop. He's like carrot top with the things that he does to, to get messages across to his team. But he's big on the Bill Parcells, don't eat the cheese yeah. message. So he put baskets of cheese in every player's locker. Uh, and uh, I said, well, what kind of cheese? And he'll said every kind of cheese, like big baskets of cheese. To send a message of don't eat the cheese. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you do what you do. You do. That's... To get to get these guys to understand, they do have to knock these off one at a time because they've had their hearts ripped out every postseason for the last three years, and they want it to change this year, obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, it's first off, I, I guess, you know, with Taysom Hill, you know, I want, just one little thing there. He has, he's showing us, you know, there's plenty of there from him as a drop-back quarterback standpoint to go, oh, there's a lot of good to build on. 
And let's not forget, I mean, his running is a real thing. You know, you can't take that away from his statistical output. So, yeah, it might not look the same as for Drew Brees, but the running success of the football team is also a lot predicated on Taysom Hill and what he brings to the table. He makes things easier for Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray because teams are worried about, ooh, Taysom Hill might keep the ball off the edge. And then, of course, him just actually running for 83 yards is special that way too. But, like, when you take over as the starting quarterback, I I don't know if people always realize this. Like, I bet you Taysom Hill hasn't thrown a pass to Michael Thomas all year long until he got named the starter. When you're in training camp – Drew Brees gets to throw to Michael Thomas and the starting receivers all the time. You never get to do that. So when you're thrusted in there all of a sudden in week nine and 10, you're going, wait, I've been throwing to scout team guys and practice squad players and all that stuff. This is a little different speed and aggression out of cuts. And this player is a different player. So there's some getting used to there. And the last thing, Mike, we probably need to talk about like Sean Payton as coach of the year more. I, I feel like he's gotten to that status where he's so good every year now. We just kind of go, eh, we know he's good. We don't need to give him the word. And that's kind of BS. You know, I think that happens with him and Belichick a lot here over the last four or five years. Hey, we drafted coach of the year not that long ago, and I made him one of my candidates. And people are like, what are you talking about? Well, Nine straight wins, that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's it's that perpetual – It takes a while to figure out what we've got. Right. And then once we figure out what we've got, we're going to kill you every week. And, yeah, if Drew Brees gets hurt, we'll be fine with the backup and just off we go. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's fun to watch it happen. And that defense has gotten so Ooh. good. One of the reasons – and I don't, I don't want to go back and – and and delve too deeply into the bounty scandal, although I think it was complete and total BS. It was an example of a cultural reality in the NFL. That's the second time it's come up today because yeah. Greg Williams was the centerpiece of it. But that that lost year of 2012 really yeah, threw them. their defense especially into a tailspin, and it took them a while to recover. 13, 14, 15, it took them a while to get back to where they needed to be, and they finally got the defense back, and there's a reason why. They've been great. 17, 18, 19, 20. Remember Breeze told us back in Miami before the Super Bowl, he actually thought about retiring after the 2017 season because he'd suffered through all those mediocre years. He was just, that's it. I, I, this may be it for me. And that was the year that they've, they've found this unprecedented run of success, four straight playoff appearances for the first time in franchise history, Chris. Yeah, it's, uh, it's impressive. I mean, just everything, the way the team is built, you know, the different styles in which they can win, the coaching adjustments on the fly throughout the year, everything. The defense has been the most dominant defense in football the last four or five weeks. I, I don't have any problem saying that. It's very special. Dennis Allen's killing it on that side of the ball. Their defensive line dominates. It's one of the best offensive lines in football as well to go along with that. You know, Sean Payton, you know, that's, that's what's cool about him. Yeah, he's this passing wizard genius and all that. But he's got this Bill Parcells, and he's told you this before, run the football in the back of his ear and, like, physicality and, you know, 1987, 86 New York Giants-type mentality too, which I think is really cool combination of of how he coaches. It's going to be fun to watch what the Saints do down the stretch, and uh, they lock up the one seed. and, and, And I just wonder whether and to what extent if they have home field advantage for the postseason, what kind of a deal can they strike locally right. to get some fans in the stadium? Uh, that that would be compelling because any edge they get 
is going to help them win those games and advance to the Super Bowl in Tampa. All right, uh, DeForest Buckner was back for the Colts this week. He tested positive for COVID-19. He told me he had no symptoms. I spoke to him after the game. He had two sacks at Deshaun Watson. No symptoms, felt fine, watched the game. It was killing him to not be out there because he knew he could have made a difference against the Tennessee Titans. Definitely made a difference yesterday. And the two sacks of Deshaun Watson, we talked about how difficult it is to track down Deshaun Watson. And I was reminded of Aaron Donald talking about sacking Kyler Murray and the fact that he's been chasing around Russell Wilson his whole career makes it easier to get Kyler Murray. And I asked Buckner, your time with the 49ers, how much of that chasing Wilson, chasing Kyler Murray last year helped? He said it's a huge advantage. It teaches you how to how to go after a guy who's that elusive. Never try to arm tackle a guy who's that elusive. And you almost have to strike. You know, when you get your chance, you strike. You don't let him get moving. You got to get on him while you can. He did it twice yesterday. The Texans gave the Colts a much better game than many thought they would. The Texans have been impressive, and they had a chance to win it late, but for a botched exchange yeah. after a snap, at, you know, maybe they would have won that game, and we'd be leading and talking about a very different set of circumstances right now in the AFC. But, uh, uh, you know, Buckner on the field makes that defense dramatically better. Yes. And now they're back in a tie for first place in the AFC South. And four games to go, and if they win that division, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, I mean, he he kind of gets like lost in the shuffle a little bit for whatever reason because he just doesn't. It's not always eye popping stats, but it's like, hey, would the Rams be as good if Aaron Donald was on the defense? Oh no, they wouldn't. Well, I know DeForest Buckner's not Aaron Donald, but he's in that upper class of like really special defense alignment in football. And I do have a hard time thinking the Tennessee Titans run the ball on the Colts like that if DeForest Buckner's not there. Not, you know, there. He, he's a force to be reckoned with, and it just allows them to not have to blitz or pressure or do n- none of that as much as you know, you, you'd want to just because you don't want to stress your defensive backs and everything. Watson was phenomenal in the football game yesterday. Game was funny. I mean, it was a first half back and forth shootout, and you went, wow, this is fun. I mean, this looks like it's going to be like a 41-38 final. And then all of a sudden, the second half, nobody could sustain a drive or keep anything going until that last drive with Watson. And you're just thinking, Deshaun Watson at the five-yard line is almost like a, it's like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. When they get down there, you're just like, it's, they're going to score a touchdown. It's just what play is it going to happen? And, you know, to have the bad snap uh, like that, that kind of just fitting for their whole year. A lot of good, but uh, just that one thing or that one bad moment that kind of ruins everything. It's Raiders, Texans, Steelers, Jaguars for the Indianapolis Colts the rest of the way and uh, currently tied for first place in the AFC South with the Tennessee Titans. Let's take a break when we return. Sunday surprise draft for week 13. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Posed a question last night. Now, look, there's only room for four options. I went with the teams currently at the top of the two conferences. Preferred Super Bowl matchup. I'm surprised that of these choices, Chiefs-Packers, a rematch of Super Bowl One before it was even called the Super Bowl, the NFL-AFL championship game, 53.9%. Why would you be surprised, though? I don't understand. I think Steelers-Saints would be my first choice, and it came in last. Over Mahomes and Rodgers? And we got robbed last year. We were so close. We almost had it on Sunday Night Football. We almost had it in the Super Bowl. Man, okay. Here's the problem with it, though. The Chief, I, I, 
I, I, sorry, Chiefs fans, but if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, they're going to win it. I want a game where I don't know what the outcome's going to be. You put the Steelers and Saints on the field together, I really don't know what the outcome's going to be. That's the one that is, is the most exciting to I, me because I would have how the hardest How dare time you, counselor? How dare you, counselor, disrespect Aaron Rodgers and just say he's going to lose a Super Bowl? You're crazy. Did you see the Chiefs last night? Nope. Yep. You saw them. They can be had by Aaron Rodgers. They can be they can be had by a team that they aren't ready to be had by. Is that what I meant to say? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You see what I'm saying? You, <laughs> I think so. They, you, they, Don't they, ask they, me they, these kind they of they questions. Get, they they <laughs> aren't they aren't laser focused every week. Every opponent is laser focused on them. They would be laser focused on the Green Bay Packers or anyone else in the Super Bowl, and I think they're a far superior team across the board to the Green Bay Packers right now. All right. Uh, time for the Sunday surprise draft. Uh, Chris, I have a trivia question for you. Name the only current NFL quarterback with zero interceptions in his last 150 pass attempts. I saw this question when we were in the commercial break on the sheet there, and I started racking my brain a little early, so sorry if I cheated here a little bit. I, I Man, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say Cam Newton. No. Womp womp. Womp womp. Has he even had Baker a... Mayfield. Is it Baker? Damn. How about that? Damn, Baker that is Mayfield. impressive. That really is. Good for Baker. Offense getting it done even without Odell Beckham Jr. One of the things Kevin Stefanski told me yesterday, they still definitely miss Odell Beckham Jr., but the other receivers busting their butts, stepping up and getting it done when the chances come their way. All right, Sunday surprise draft. And let me just start there. I mean, I'm happy to eat the crow. I said, Browns, prove to me that you can beat a great team. Prove to me that you can bust through the ceiling. Prove to me that you can step up and perform when it matters most. And Baker Mayfield, to his credit, was awesome. The Ron Swanson reference last week, the Dwight Schrute last night, that's just icing on the cake. That makes it even better. So, Baker Mayfield, congratulations. You are proving many wrong. I still want to see him do it against a team with a great pass rush. Maybe we'll see that next Monday night when the Ravens and the Browns get together. Maybe. But uh, congratulations, Baker Mayfield and Cleveland Browns. That really was a surprise. I, even the most ardent Browns fans had to be very worried about yesterday's game. Kudos to the Browns for pulling it off. Yeah, no, that was awesome. It really was. And it, it, it did. I think you said it earlier. It, it made us go from, okay, the Browns are going to get in the playoffs to, whoa, if the Browns get in the playoffs, they might be able to win a few games here and, and you know be a force. That, that, that's where it really changed at least my thought. Uh, as we go forward here. So that was awesome. Good for Cleveland. Good for the Browns. I, I mean, I'm shocked. The biggest surprise is the Jets beat the Raiders. The Jets beat the Raiders in in 59 minutes and 54 seconds of the game until the dumbest, most surprisingly stupid defensive call in the history of football happened. So, man, there was two surprises there. The Jets beat the Raiders in the first 59 and 54 seconds of the game. And then the dumbest, the dumbest defensive call I've ever seen. I don't know any other way to say it. I was shocked, one, that the Jets were leading. Hey, they played pretty good football. The Raiders certainly made some mistakes to help the Jets out when they were in control of the football game. But regardless, what happened at the end? I mean, that's the shocker of all shockers. You're right, Mike. You said it before with, like, was that the miracle in the Meadowlands, the Joe Pasarczyk? Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is the moment that they play like, you know, this led to us drafting Trevor Lawrence in our three Super Bowl wins. Like maybe that gets played in some highlight film 10 years from now. I don't know. I also am shocked that just 
Everybody in New York has checked out on Sam Darnold. That's another thing I'll just say I'm a little surprised by. Are you surprised by that? that they're, they're basically like, nope, see you, Sam. We want, we want Trevor Lawrence. Bye-bye. I think that's a little harsh and a little bit of an overreaction, in my opinion. Well, I think between the mono and the seeing ghosts last year, that's when people started to go the other way on Darnold. He's never lived up to the potential. Remember, when you and I first started doing this show and you couldn't pronounce his name, he was the presumptive number one overall pick going into the 2018 draft. Remember Sam Darno? Darno is very days? French. He I was, did. Yes, he was. Yeah. Remember, remember <laughs> it, didn't, his, didn't his grandfather do something where, like, he was the Marlboro Man or something like that? Like, he came in with yeah. a lot of swagger. He did. Yeah. His dad, so, his grandfather, his name was Dick Hammer, and he was the Marlboro Man, his grandfather. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't get any better than that. So, uh, yeah, but but look, and this is the beauty of the rookie wage scale, although it's not beautiful for the quarterbacks who get thrown overboard it's easier to say see you later we're moving on you've got a guy who's coming into the league who's got the most buzz at the quarterback position since Andrew Luck yeah I'm not surprised especially for a Jets team that is starved for a franchise quarterback they haven't had one since Joe Namath this is the opportunity Jets fans ardent hardcore lifelong Jets Jets fans were happy with the outcome yesterday because and I say this all the time what difference does it make yeah one in 15 versus oh and 16 two and 14 versus three and 13 who the hell cares and because two other teams have gone oh and 16 the stigma isn't nearly what it would have been yeah you don't want to go winless but if it lays the foundation to finally get your franchise quarterback then so be it and look there were three surprises in that game the Raiders had that game won, and they were covering. They were one of my best bets. I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to be 3-0 and this week. Nope. Nope. The Raiders blew it. They blew the lead. They had the 11-point lead. Right. Rugs fumbled. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then they ended up stealing it at the end. It was, it was a lot like the Heidi game that NBC televised back in the late 60s where the Jets were leading late, and they switched to Heidi, and the next thing you know – the Raiders won by double digits because they not only scored the late touchdown, they recovered a fumble on the kickoff and scored a touchdown by the time NBC switched back to the game. All right. Uh, surprise for me. Surprise number two. Um, I- I'm, I'm going to go with New England scoring 45 points and giving up none against the Chargers. We were wired to think that the Patriots, if they were going to win games, it was going to be grinded out, methodical, situational football, make the right decision at the right time in the fourth quarter to secure victory uh, and uh, not just romp, not not spoil the fans into thinking that maybe they can do this more often. I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to 45 nothing on Thursday night against the Rams. But, you know, it, it was, I think, one of those moments. If you're a Patriots fan, you're like, boy, this is great. I know it's not going to last long, but, boy, this is great, and I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, was, it was amazing. You know, the style of play in which they play it's in itself is amazing. I mean, it's like, I don't even, it's like watching Green Bay without Bart Starr. It's just like, hey, we're going to get five yards and smash your mouth with every run play possible, and we're going to play good defense. And then, oh, yeah, we'll score a few touchdowns on special teams, too. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is remarkable. You know, I know the stats aren't eye-popping from Cam Newton, but he's managing the game perfectly to this point. Didn't have to do much, and... Yeah, I would think that all but puts the nail in the coffin for Anthony Lynn and the Chargers as far as that's concerned. That 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 is an ugly one, and that will leave a bad taste throughout the organization. Um, my my next uh, surprise. I mean, I guess I'm staying in New York. I'm gonna stay with. Here we go, Giants. Here we go. Yep, I gotta go with Big Blue. That was the shocker of the day yesterday. I mean, nobody expected. 
the New York Giants to go into Seattle and beat Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, not only beat them, but, you know, really physically match them and push them around in a lot of ways. And I think that's the impressive thing. Russell Wilson was unable to get off. Colt McCoy is your backup quarterback, hasn't played a lot of football over the last four and five years. He does a good enough job, doesn't make any bad mistakes, and Joe Judge and company manage the football game. You know, the Giants aren't pretty either, but they certainly are rounding in the form, and I think that was the, the surprise of Sunday over everything was just the fact that they went in there and won that football game the way they did. That really was. That, that's the one, uh, the one game. Because I, I, I kind of had a feeling the Vikings were going to struggle with the Jaguars. So if I had to pick one that was a sure thing this weekend, it would have been the, the Seattle Seahawks beating the, uh, the Giants. Yeah, a maybe lot of people lost on their suicide poll this week for this one. We should, we should maybe incorporate that into our weekly picks. The one team that we believe more strongly than any other is going to win straight up. No spread. Just the one I that like we, that. The one that we would bank on every week as a straight up money line type of a winner. Maybe we should start doing that. We got a few weeks left in the regular season and then I'm we down can for continue that. it to next year. Yeah. Unless they fire us. All right. Uh last one for me. I I could go a couple of different ways, but I want to give the Detroit Lions a little uh, love here. Yeah. Especially because I picked the Lions to win and you picked the Bears, but that game was over. That game was done. It was and and I, I I don't know where you would do this research, but earlier this year, the Lions were beating the Bears by ten points in Detroit, more than ten points in Detroit. The Bears came back and won. They get together again. The Bears are up by ten. The Lions come back and win. And to see the excitement from a guy like Matthew Stafford, who usually doesn't roll that way. There was an element of Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead, with Matt Patricia out and Daryl Bevel in. And I still didn't think, while watching the game, it was going to be enough to make a difference. But, man, that the way that that happened, too, the Bears should be very grateful for the New York Jets today because there would have been a lot more focus on the plays that were being called by Matt Nagy, Mitchell Trubisky having no awareness of the impending hit that caused the fumble that gave the Lions the ball inside the 10, down three points late. Just unbelievable. And uh, it's not going well for Nagy and Pace. And it's amazing to think a guy who was coach of the year two years ago could be done. But based on yesterday, he could be done. I I mean, yeah, mismanagement of the end of the game. You know, Trubisky dropping back the pass at that point. You've run the ball with success all day long. Why? Why do that? Then Trubisky drives them down, and don't forget, Allen Robinson's going to get the first down, and he went out of bounds a yard short of the first down to then they ran a fourth and one play where they got nothing. All right, my last Sunday surprise thing I think would be, I think I'm going to go with the Rams and just how they – Kyler Murray's lack of effectiveness, just everything about the Arizona offense. His he's inaccurate throwing the football right now. He can't make plays. I think I'm surprised by that that it's lasted this long. I knew the Rams would give him troubles, but you know they're really going through a cold streak there in Arizona on the offensive side of the ball. And I think when you talk about it four or five weeks in a row, that's pretty shocking. Three straight losses for the Cardinals. I don't think Kyler Murray lost three games in his high school and college so. career combined. So uh, some adversity for them to fight through. Let's take a break. When we return, a rapid-fire preview of not one, but two Monday yeah. night games. More PFT Live right after this.
Washington trying to keep pace with the Giants tonight at Pittsburgh. Not an easy task. But the Steelers, hey, we've seen it. Just a couple of games this year where they've won easily. Maybe Ron Rivera and company can go in there. And if the Steelers play like they did yeah. on Wednesday against the Ravens, they're vulnerable, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Washington's defense is real. I mean, it's 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 maybe not as good in the secondary as the Baltimore Ravens, but the front four is really good. There's no doubt. I would think that they give that Steelers offense some issues. The big thing to me will just be can the Washington offense consistently make plays and do that. Now, the great thing with this matchup is you got a quarterback who shouldn't be overwhelmed by the Pittsburgh scheme or anything like that and not make stupid mistakes. So if they can keep this game into the you know, 17, 20, 23 range, Mike, I, I give Washington a chance. If it goes past that, I don't know if they can hang there. That means the Steelers, are, their, their weapons are starting to capitalize, and I don't give Washington a chance that way. Ben Roethlisberger was listed as questionable right. uh, with a knee injury, and uh, presumably he'll play, but it's just something to keep an eye on as the game unfolds. All right, then it's your boy blue against your team red. Josh Allen going to Arizona for a road game against the 49ers. Back to the scene of the Hale Murray, a chance at redemption. Chris, I, I just the, the way the 49ers have been playing, I just feel like this is one of those grind it out, scratch it out, find a way to win and stay in the playoff chase games for the 49ers. I, I feel that way too. I guess the only thing that scares me is just the week of turmoil, having to go to Arizona, being misplaced that way. But uh, I feel like it's a good matchup. They should be able to get pressure on Josh Allen just with the front four and keep people back to stop digs in the passing game. And I would think that Buffalo's defense, it's better, but I would think Shanahan's got some wrinkles and some run game tricks to uh, expose it a little bit. So I I'm, with the 49 have, I'm with the 49ers like you. You have Debo Samuel back, and I think Brandon Ayuk's back. He is, and yeah. Yeah, Boaster's it would be nice there. to have Jimmy Garoppolo, and it would be nice to have George yeah, Kittle, but still, they've shown that they can win without those guys, and sounds like we both think they will tonight. That's it for today's PFT Live. We'll see you Tuesday morning. Have a great day. See ya.